Well, God is pretty amazing, isn't he? Um, and yet, yet um, it doesn't take a pastor to tell you that, that uh, life can be very difficult at times. I mean, Meredith's story uh, revealed that. Um, and her story of heartache and grief is not an uncommon story. And really, uh, uh, she, she really just touched the tip of the iceberg on uh, some of the challenges and trials that, that she has faced in her life. And, and I know that, that each one of you here today can share similar parts of your story of, of grief and heartache and woundedness and, and, and pain and, and just really feeling like life uh, just came crashing and not just one wave, but wave after wave after wave. That, that happens at, at times. And sometimes you, you, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're trapped in a maze and you you see kind of the end destination where it is you're, you're trying to get to, but, but everywhere you turn, it's just like dead end, dead end, an obstacle, and you're not sure exactly how to get where it is that you want to go in your life. Uh, maybe you're a Christian and, and you are trying uh, to put your trust in Jesus. You're trying to do what we just sang about, uh, trusting in, in his grace uh, as much as you possibly can. But, but some of you, if you're honest, Sometimes you wonder if, if trusting God really works. Maybe you've been trusting for a long time, and yet nothing seems to really change in, in your life. You're still stuck in the same mess. Uh, uh, you're, you're, you, found, uh, that, uh, you found that you've been in for as long as you can remember. You're, you're trapped in that maze still. Uh, maybe, though, like, like Meredith was, uh, you're, you haven't been following Jesus uh, maybe you would call yourself Christian, but not a Christian. Uh, maybe you show up for church faithfully even, but truth be told, if, if you're really honest, you've always doubted that, that God could make a real difference, a real change in, in your life. Uh, or maybe somewhere along the way, you did try. You put your heart out there, and then it was broken. It was let down. Something difficult happened. You're like, where is God now? And, and, and you're, you've found yourself still stuck. Either way, Christian or not, chances are you faced uh, a time or two in your life where you have been confused. You've prayed uh, to Jesus to, to work some, in some miraculous way in your life, and yet uh, nothing seems to be happening. God, God still hasn't brought you that special someone to marry. Your, your, your health hasn't ever improved. You, you still don't have the employment that you're looking for. Your relationship that, that you've been praying for time and time again still has gone unmended. You haven't gained clarity about what your future holds. You, you may be asking why, why God doesn't work in your life the way that he did in, in times of the Bible. Or maybe you come to the conclusion that, yes, my, my faith is real. I'm just not sure if it works. Last week, I shared that God is always at work, upstream in your life, oftentimes out of your direct line of sight. I also mentioned that oftentimes God does his best work over long periods of time. Anybody remember that? I, I know you remember it because uh, uh, you were kind of mumbling at the time, saying, oh, I don't know if I like that. Uh, but the truth is, uh, God, God does his best work over long periods of time, uh, sometimes generations of time. Um, you know, sometimes we, we read the Bible and we think that it was just uh, one old hallelujah miracle after another. Um, and yet, 
uh, the Bible was written and took place over thousands of years of time. Sometimes centuries, centuries passed where the people of God did not experience God work in a miraculous way. Centuries. It wasn't every day that the heavens parted and God supernaturally intervened. You know, when I think of, and I read the scriptures and, and the way that, that God works uh, throughout human history, um, I, I discovered that, that there are really a, a couple different types of miracles that, that God is a part of. Uh, the first is the kind that I think we think of most often, um, instantaneous miracles. And I encourage you, you can follow along in your message notes. Um, instantaneous miracles is the, the first kind of miracles. Those are the ones we think of, the kind of miracle where, where God supernaturally uh, removes or resolves a problem. Like, like when someone is physically ill and, and God removes that sickness. Instantaneous miracles, they, they happen like that instantaneously. And when I think of instantaneous miracles, some friends of mine come to mind. Uh, they were uh, pregnant with their uh, first child, and when they went and had those initial sonograms, uh, the, the sonograms revealed that the, the, the child, uh, the fetus, uh, the abdomen size was uh, in the, the first percentile for size, uh, a condition that oftentimes results in miscarriage. And the, the sonogram uh, screenings were viewed by two different doctors, and they both con confirmed the, the same thing. And uh, my, my friends were, were heartbroken, as you can imagine. Well, they, they went to their, their small group, um, and they, they shared, uh, that was a part of our church, and they shared that news with their, with their small group who just came around them. They just prayed for them. And there was a guest to their group that evening, uh, a missionary, um, who was uh, connected to the church in some other ways. And the missionary was there. And the missionary pulled them aside after, uh, during one of the breaks and just said, you know, I, I really felt like while we were praying that, that, that God spoke to my heart that your, your child was, was supernaturally healed in that moment. And, and they didn't really get their hopes up too much. But when they went back to the doctor, uh, that next week, they had a follow-up appointment, and they took another sonogram, and the child was completely normal. And, and now my friends have like a thriving, thriving nine-year-old boy. You know, it's like things like that, you know, are amazing. That's an instantaneous miracle, and they are marvelous when they happen. And, and, and yet it's important to remember that, that those were rare even in, in the times of the scriptures. I mean, Jesus, when he came and the inbreaking of God's kingdom and he was performing miracles, that, 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 was, that was uncommon. That, that, that was rare. And they're still somewhat rare today. The second kind of miracle is a bit different. And, and it's a kind of miracle where God chooses to not supernaturally remove or resolve a problem. You're still stuck. Instead, God gives his ongoing miraculous strength to enable you to persevere through the problem. This, is, this kind of miracle happened routinely in the Bible. And I believe it still happens with as much or even more frequency today. These are uh, perseverance miracles. 
They occur over the long haul. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 3 in the New Testament Bible says that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, develops perseverance. To persevere means to stand up under a heavy trial, like when a, a bodybuilder uh, lifts 300 pounds uh, above his head and his arms are shaking, his knees are buckling, the pain is just radiating through his shoulders, and yet he persists and holds that 300 pounds up above his head without dropping it. That is a perseverance miracle. When I, when I think of perseverance miracles, many people come to mind. Um, but uh, I think of my uh, very good friend, Dave, one of my best friends who just recently passed away on, uh, on Ash Wednesday of this year. Uh, but Dave was a groomsman in, in my wedding, um, and he was a blessing to me in so, so many ways. He, he was also a, a devout follower of Jesus. And uh, 10 years ago, uh, Dave was diagnosed with uh, kidney cancer that had spread uh, throughout his abdomen of various places. And the doctors uh, gave him a prognosis of, well, you, uh, you can expect to live probably no more than a couple of years. And, and, it's, and if, we pro, you know, if we treat it, then, then it, it's, it's going to make it a difficult couple of years. Well, Dave uh, did uh, seek to, to treat it, and, and he never once lost his joy. Uh, n never once. Uh, he, he was a lifelong bachelor. You need to know that about Dave, and yet yeah, he didn't kind of run off into his own little cocoon. He, he continued to live the way that he did before, just investing, just pouring himself in, into other people's lives. And Dave, uh, even after his diagnosis, he shared his faith openly with nurses and with doctors and, and with his coworkers. He continued to work and his friends, and he was an inspiration to many, and, and, and his heart, his heart was at peace even until his, his final breath. And when I think of Dave's bonus years, because he had several uh, bonus years. I mean, he lived over nine years longer after that initial two-year prognosis was given. And I think of the, the impact that he made in people's lives uh, during those bonus years. I think that's a perseverance miracle. That is a gift from God. But, but what's, what's wild is I, when I think of perseverance miracles, I also think of you know, many of you. You know, I, I mentioned some folks from our 8 o'clock worship service, uh, uh, Don Acreage, who's facing esophageal cancer, and he's in kind of the last stages, and yet he shows up real faithfully to church, and you would never guess that, that he's, you know, really facing uh, some of his last days. Uh, but he does it with grace, and his wife, Mary Ellen, does too. Uh, I think of uh, Mark Frazen right here, who's, who's like a walking miracle, sometimes a, a hobbling um, miracle, uh, right, Mark? But, uh, but God uh, uh, preserved you uh, after a, a horrible accident, uh, 13 months in the hospital, and yet living his life just trying to do everything he can to bless other people. Uh, I think, is that you over there, Rita? You're in the dark. I think of Rita Brandt. Rita, Rita's life is like a, a testimony of perseverance. Many others of you, uh, just even after sharing this story last week, um, uh, a gal who her very first Sunday, I don't know if she may be here today, um, her very first Sunday, I think was, was Easter Sunday, and she sent me her, uh, her testimony, and it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a long one, um, and you'll hear some of it next week, 
but uh, she said, share, share this with anybody who, who you think might need it. But her, her, uh, Sherry is her name, Sherry Barati, and she, she, uh, it was a powerful testimony of perseverance. Uh, she, was a per- she is a perseverance miracle. Uh, I, I think of uh, my friend Allison who uh, shared her story with me this week, a perseverance miracle, staying faithful to Christ in the, in the midst of life not going the way that, that she had planned. I think of several of you who have lost spouses, and yet you continue to follow God faithfully. I think of those of you with enduring health challenges, the kind that just won't go away, and yet despite the pain, you have a smile on your face, and you just live with joy. I think of some of you who've gone through devastating divorces, and yet you've clung to God in the midst of it, just holding on to his strength, um, uh, seeking to have your life still be a blessing to others, even in the midst of your own sense of brokenness. So many of you, you know, I've, gosh, I haven't even spent a year here yet. I, you know, I just, so many of you are just like walking testimonies of perseverance miracles. And personally, I, I think of the story that my wife and I, uh, that I shared about our story, just of, of facing infertility for, for six years and just, uh, how God saw us through that. I, I credit God with a perseverance miracle there. You know, the, the, these stories, they illustrate that while instantaneous miracles are amazing when they happen, and, and they, they are amazing, make no doubt about it, uh, they're not nearly as amazing as perseverance miracles. Why? Why aren't they? Well, if you think about it, an instantaneous miracle... God does it on his own. And it's amazing. They're supposed to be amazing. Uh, he's God, right? <laughs> but, but you kind of expect that out of God. On the other hand, perseverance miracles, they depend on God and people. When a perseverance, miracles, a, a perseverance miracle occurs, the jury is always out determining whether someone will roll out of bed the next morning and say, I-, I choose joy today. I choose to follow God in the midst of this trial. You know, Paul, a follower of Jesus in the early church, he describes that miracle of perseverance in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in the scripture that Julie read a few moments ago. I just want to highlight uh, a couple parts of that. Paul talked about the the great joy we have in in this relationship with Christ, that that God has shown us and given us a knowledge of his glory as we see the face of Christ. And and then he says, and we have that treasure in jars of clay to to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, uh, perplexed but not in despair, Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Paul uses this image of clay jars because it was a, uh, it was a common cookware in his day. They were plentiful. They, they were easy to make. They were inexpensive to make. And yet they were, they were fragile. They were brittle. Paul is saying that our lives are a lot like those uh, jars of clay, uh, clay pots that, uh, that, that really don't hold up too well. 
through extramarital affairs or depression or bankruptcy. You know, when we manage to keep our lives intact, when they should be scattered in a million pieces across the floor, we, as well as others observing from the outside looking in, recognize that, that something supernatural is holding them together. I think that's part of the reason why God performs more perseverance miracles than he does instantaneous miracles. Their impact is longer. They reach farther and wider. They're not flash in the pan that could be easily written off as with some other explanation and forgotten after a few months. When someone perseveres in the midst of unspeakable hardship, her presence and her joy leaves no one untouched. Now, being a, a living, breathing miracle has a much more lasting effect over time on everyone that you come in contact with. That's why I think if you give God the choice between performing an instantaneous miracle and a perseverance miracle and giving someone miraculous strength to live with joy, it, it is clear to me which one God would choose. If you think about it that way, it's a wonder God performs any instantaneous miracles at all. But let me make kind of a shift this morning. I want to get a little more practical. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here today, and, and maybe you came today because you saw the title of the message, and you thought, gosh, I need, I, I need some perseverance in my life to face whatever it is I'm facing. Maybe you have someone close to you who is uh, going through a struggling time and you just don't know exactly how you can encourage them or support them or what you can do. And, and you're like, they need some perseverance in their life. Maybe, maybe you felt like a, a, a clay jar just ready to, to break and be shattered into hundreds of pieces and, and under the pressures of your life. And you have longed for an instantaneous miracle. But now after hearing this, you're thinking, oh, gee whiz. Maybe God wants to do a perseverance miracle instead in my life. Maybe you're in that kind of a situation and you wonder, how? How do I persevere? How do I do it? Where does this power come from? How do I access this power of God so that, so that my life of a pot doesn't explode all over the place like it feels like it's going to? Let me, let me talk about that briefly. Um, there are many ways to tap into God's power and, and God's strength in our lives, to make it through the trials of life. Many ways. Oftentimes, uh, they're called the, the spiritual disciplines. Uh, the, these are common practices of Christ followers that, that put us in the presence of God, that kind of open up uh, the heavens in a way to receive grace from God in order to strengthen us and sustain us in this life. Spiritual disciplines, things like, like uh, uh, being in prayer and, and fasting, uh, meditating on the scripture, studying the scriptures of God and, and experiencing God's presence through that. Worship, coming together in corporate worship also helps connect us uh, to God's presence. Uh, sometimes uh, slowing down your, your pace of life, retreating to a place of silence and, and solitude. That sounds really good, doesn't it? Um, uh, oftentimes that's a, that is a spiritual discipline um, and a way of connecting with God's presence in your life. You can also experience God uh, serving others. That is a spiritual practice. When, when you choose in the midst of all your own mess to step out of yourself and serve somebody else, that is oftentimes an antidote to your own anxieties. It helps you see a bigger picture 
So serving is a spiritual discipline and a, 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 a practice of putting yourself in God's presence. But, but what I want to focus on the rest of our time is, in my opinion, the best gift that God has given us to hang on in times of trouble. You ready? It's, it, it's his Holy Spirit working through the church. Others. Now, for many people, the church is a mixed bag. Maybe it is for you, too. Uh, most people, I, I find that when they say yes to Jesus, like Meredith uh, uh, did on March 12th and, and really confirmed that today um, and publicly in her baptism, most people, when they sign up to follow Jesus, expect to find uh, authentic, caring relationships in their church. That, that's, that, that's what we expect. And, and yet, uh, I've experienced that many people have felt let down by their church family. Uh, maybe you have felt disappointed uh, in, in, at times with the lack of response by the church to your needs. It is, it's always hurtful. It's always hurtful when, when the people who you think really love you or really ought to love you uh, aren't there when you really need them the most. That, that always hurts. Um, Maybe you've experienced that kind of letdown in the past. Maybe you're here today despite the fact that you're feeling that letdown even right now as a part of this church community. And it's not my intention or desire, really. I'm not going to defend the church or even defend this church. But I do want to help paint a picture of what the church that Jesus envisioned is like. Because when the, the community of Jesus' followers is operating the way that he dreamt it could, there, there is nothing better. There's nothing better in the world. It, it is truly miraculous. When the church is going right, it, it um, kind of acts the way that the Apostle Paul described in another place in the scriptures, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where he described if one part suffers, then every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then Every part rejoices with it. Paul described the church as a body. And when we as followers of Jesus, when we become um, spiritually intimate and, and connected to one another, uh, it is as if our souls uh, grow together in such a way that we begin to uh, share uh, spiritual nerve endings. You, you kind of follow in this metaphor where, where uh, something hurts over here and it affects me here. And over here, when something feels really great and there's celebration back here, it, we all feel it. We're all affected by it. And in the body of Christ, when something good or bad happens, the instinctive response is for people to rally around one another. And uh, when something good or bad happens in grief or in celebration and, and joy or, or, or sadness or, or in trials or triumphant festivities, in the church, the way it's supposed to be, we rally around one another. And God has given us the, the gift of each other to nurture and grow us and to help us be his presence in our lives in times of joy and in times of trouble. Uh, of course, the church, yes, the church has its ups and its downs, and, and that's because you know, we're people. We, we are broken. We're flawed. We're, we're dust. God makes beautiful things out of dust, but sometimes dust is dust, and it gets things dirty. And, and you know, that, that happens in the church, too. Uh, of course, um, uh, yet, despite that, there, there's no way 
to get through the vast majority of trials that we face in our lives without linking arms with other followers of Jesus and rallying together. Christianity, following Jesus, was never meant to be a solo activity. Never. So I want to encourage you to make a decision even today to step out and and to seek and maybe even help create authentic community. Now here's how you can do that. For some of you who have never experienced the kind of uh, authentic Christian community that that I just described uh, from the scriptures about the the church really being a body and rallying around one another, uh, then if you've never experienced that, then, then you've got to decide to take the risk. It's not just a risk to be around other people, although that's risky sometimes, uh, but it's, it's really a risk about letting other people in. You know, the, you run a risk whenever you make yourself vulnerable and you, you, you show the real you, you show the, the doubts, the questions, the fears, the struggles, the, uh, you know, the stuff that's real behind the facade. Uh, of course, if you've been hurt before, this is even harder isn't it? It's harder to risk it. It's harder to put yourself out there. Uh, but, but if that's you, I just want to share this, this quote from C.S. Lewis, which is a powerful, he just powerfully captures the, the choice that you have. He says, if you love anything and your, your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken, if you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one. He said, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. Friends, don't let that happen to you. It's tempting if you've been hurt. It's tempting. But don't. Don't hide yourself away. Make yourself vulnerable to others. It is the only way to live the best life possible. Make a decision right now that you're going to step out and risk living in Christian community. Uh, there, there are a few opportunities to do that uh, within Troy United Methodist Church and uh, particularly in journey groups. Uh, we, we believe that real life change, real growth happens best in the context of a, a small, close-knit uh, community of people. And there are a few journey groups uh, going on right now that you can be a part of. And if you're not part of one uh, already and sense God nudging you in that direction, uh, then, then uh, I, most of you already turned in your connection card uh, in the offering earlier. I forgot to say, hold on to those. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you can, uh, Deb Ellis right over here, I'll have Deb just raise her hand. Deb is our coordinator of journey groups. Uh, seek her out. Uh, say, hey, help me find a journey group that would work for me. And if you still have your connection card, you can uh, uh, mark that too. Actually, there are some up front, so you can come down and pray later and just take that card and turn it in. Uh, but mark on your your connection card that you'd like to be contacted about journey groups. Uh, but, the, but the truth, the reality is, as a church, uh, we need a lot more journey groups if, if we're going to be a church that truly comes around one another in the joys and in the sorrows and encourages and supports people the way that, that Jesus envisioned. If we're going to walk with one another and help, help each other experience these perseverance miracles 
and benefit as a church family when someone is a leave, living, breathing, perseverance miracle, uh, if, then, then we need more groups so that more people can experience that, that kind of authentic community. So, so if you're a person here today and you've experienced that, you know what it is that I'm talking about, what Jesus envisioned for authentic community within the church. If you have experienced that, please listen to the nudging of God's Holy Spirit that might be at work in you even in this moment to say, step up and help create that for others. It might be that God is calling you to facilitate or lead a journey group. And we're laying the groundwork right now to train some leaders over the summer and with the hopes of launching several new journey groups in the fall to make room for more people to connect to that kind of community to experience the life transformation that, that, that following Jesus is, is supposed to be about. So please say yes to that nudging so more and more people can experience the body of Christ in their lives. Because the truth is, life is going to get difficult. If it hasn't already, life is, is going to get difficult. And it will. Um, the, the, the only way that God uh, provides many times uh, perseverance miracles is through others. Uh, God oftentimes uses others to help us through as well as inspire others around us uh, to have joy in the midst of suffering. And God, God may be wanting to do some perseverance miracles in your life. So I hope and pray that you're willing to embrace that. But even more importantly, I hope and pray that you're willing to take the risk to either step into or step up to help create authentic community in our church. I truly believe that God wants to help you make it uh, through in your present and your future trials by giving the supernatural power to persevere and that God will probably want to do it through the church, maybe even this church. Let's pray together. God, we, we just want to offer you a very simple prayer today uh, by, by praying together now, lifting our hearts up to you. We're putting our trust in you, not only to, to hear our prayers, but to respond in a supernatural way. Heavenly Father, there, there's no way to describe ourselves much better than by calling us cracked pots. And Lord, we need your strength to hold us together. We need the day in, day out miracle of your power to persevere. There, there is no doing it alone. Lord, please teach us to rely on one of your greatest gifts, your church. Please teach us to have courage and and risk opening our hearts to one another and, and teach us to truly be the, the church that you envisioned. For Forgive us for the times when we have failed to be so. But Lord, we trust that you want to work in our lives through your church, not just for our sake, uh, but to point others to you so that we might know, the whole world might know your amazing love for each and every one of us. We offer this to you in the name of Jesus who showed us the way. Amen.